This is Global Tennessee, news analysis and commentary from the Tennessee World Affairs Council in Nashville. Global Tennessee is produced in association with the Center for International Business at Belmont University and the International Business Council of the Nashville Area Chamber of Commerce. The World Affairs Council is a nonpartisan, nonprofit educational association, and the views expressed on Global Tennessee are those of the participants. Good day and welcome to the Global Nashville with Carl Dean program from the Tennessee World Affairs Council. I'm Patrick Ryan, president of the council. It's 10 a.m. in Nashville and it's sunny and hot. We're in the 90s again. And with that good old Tennessee humidity, it feels like 100 degrees or about 38 Celsius. In Belfast, Northern Ireland, it's 4 p.m. and temperatures are in the middle 50s. And with my 100% Celtic blood, it would seem I'm in the wrong city. Let me welcome uh, our friends in Nashville in Belfast and to our new friends joining us from around the nationwide network of World Affairs Councils of America. Today, we have a special program for you. Mayor Dean will be talking with Alderman Frank McCobrey, Lord Mayor of Belfast, a sister city of Nashville. They will talk about the relationship between the cities and the challenges of heading a municipal government. Being a, member, being a mayor is a tough job. It's nearly impossible to make everyone happy. An American president, Lyndon Johnson, remarked over 50 years ago, when the burdens of the presidency seem unusually heavy, I always remind myself it could be worse. I could be a mayor. Let me introduce our distinguished guests. We welcome the Lord Mayor, Alderman Frank McCubrey, represents the court area of West Belfast. He has achieved the rare honor of serving as High Sheriff, Deputy Lord Mayor, and now Lord Mayor of Belfast. He has served on the Belfast City Council since May 1997 and assumed his office as Lord Mayor this spring. You can find more details about our guests on our website, tnwac.org. Also joining us from Belfast is John Greer. John is Director of Economic Development at Belfast City Council, where he leads a team delivering economic development, tourism, festivals, heritage, and market strategies. He was previously a director at the Special European Union Programs Body, and he has worked in business development and foreign direct investment in Vancouver and Silicon Valley. Anya Malahan, based in Chicago, is responsible for the USA Midwest operations for Invest Northern Ireland, an agency within the Northern Ireland government responsible for growing the economy. She has worked with top US companies to build jobs in Northern Ireland. On this side of the pond, we welcome John Scanapieco. John leads the global business team at Baker Donaldson, a distinguished Nashville law firm. Among his many contributions to the community is his service on the board of our World Affairs Council. And importantly, for this conversation, John is the Honorary Consul General of the United Kingdom in Tennessee. And for our friends joining the webinar who might, not, who might be new to details about Nashville, let me introduce our host, Carl Dean. An attorney by trade, Carl Dean served as Nashville's 68th mayor from 2007 to 2015, a period of challenges and opportunities for our city. Mayor Dean took office as the city and country, indeed the world, dipped into the Great Recession. A few years later, he led the city through recovery from a catastrophic flood. Despite those setbacks, Nashville, known as America's Music City, under his leadership established a foundation for major growth. Downtown Nashville was transformed by adding a new minor league baseball stadium, a riverfront amphitheater and park, and a new convention center called the Music City Center. Through the teens, Nashville came to be known as an it city making numerous lists as most livable, coolest, and best lists. However, among his top three priorities for the city was education, which may have attracted him to service on the board of the World Affairs Council when he left office. Mayor Dean was the Democratic Party nominee for governor of Tennessee in 2018. Before we start, allow me to recognize Sarah Lingo, the Executive Director of Sister Cities of Nashville, and Lori Odom, VP for International Affairs at the Nashville Area Chamber of Commerce and a board member of our World Affairs Council. They were instrumental in setting up this program and they're working to make more connections with our friends in Belfast. Thanks also to Laura Leonard on the Belfast side for her work making this meeting happen. I encourage you to visit the Sister Cities of Nashville website where you'll find information about Belfast and about the ties that started in the 1990s. One of the best earliest programs in the Nashville-Belfast relationship was the youth exchange program that encouraged teenagers of both Catholic and Protestant families 
to come to Nashville and live and work together. The exchange program continues under the direction of Claire Coleman. The Belfast Committee at SCN is chaired by Kate Bentley. You can also learn more about City Cities of Nashville by watching our last episode of Global Nashville with Carl Dean on our channel at youtube.com slash TNWAC. Lastly, one of my duties is to invite you to become a member of the Tennessee World Affairs Council or make a contribution supporting our global awareness mission in the community. In addition to bringing you great international affairs speakers like today's program, the council works with high schools and universities to increase global understanding. Your World Affairs Council is a one-of-a-kind organization in Tennessee, a nonpartisan, independent group working to bring you the world. Please go to tnwac.org to become a member or make a gift. Thank you for that. You can start at any time to add your questions to the Q&A queue at the bottom of your Zoom screen. We may work some questions into the conversation as we go, as well as taking more toward the end of the discussion. Now, let me hand you over to the capable hands of John Scanapieco. John. Uh, thank you, Pat. I really appreciate the introduction. And uh, as Pat mentioned, I am privileged to serve in the role as honorary consul for Great Britain and uh, Northern Ireland. Uh, and in that role, I, my primary responsibility is to promote bilateral trade and investment uh, between Tennessee and the United Kingdom, including uh, Northern Ireland. And I'm really fortunate uh, in that role to have been able to work with members of the UK uh, Department of International Trade, but also with uh, Anya and her team uh, with Invest Northern Ireland. They've been really instrumental in helping us uh, help companies from Tennessee explore opportunities for investment in uh, Northern Ireland and in, in Belfast. Uh, as well. I think we're really lucky. Uh, Tennessee right now has 118 uh, UK invested businesses that are located here in the state and those businesses employ over 9,000 uh, Tennesseans and so you know we're really fortunate that we have that special relationship I think between the US and the UK because it really does make my job a heck of a lot easier when I'm talking either to a US company about maybe exploring an opportunity to invest in the UK or in Northern Ireland and also uh, when I'm working with UK companies who are thinking about you know investing here and I think that special relationship really has served as a foundation, if you really look at it, for our mutual prosperity and even security. I mean, we share so many similarities in terms of democratic ideals, values. I would like to say a common language, but I find that most people have no idea what I'm talking about when I'm communicating with them over in the UK. And I clearly miss a whole lot when I'm talking with folks uh, uh, from the UK uh, over here as well. But I think, though, you know, we're, we're, we're entering a new phase in that relationship. Uh, you know, we, the U.K. and the U.S. now are negotiating a free trade agreement. And, and, and once, I don't say if, but when we reach an agreement, I believe that will create even more opportunities for both Tennessee companies and U.K. and Northern Irish companies, Ireland companies to come uh, here. But what's, what I think makes this event so important, though, is that many of us really don't know how similar, say, Belfast and Nashville really are and how, you know, if I ask anybody in, in Nashville about the UK, the first thing they're going to mention is London, 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 London. I want to go to London. But they miss out on some just wonderful opportunities like a city like Belfast really has. And I think if you, if you look at the similarities, both very entrepreneurial, have large creative classes, a great music industry, uh, first-class universities, which then lead to uh, um, just a well-educated workforce. I and mean, that's just a few. I mean, there's so many more. But I always feel so comfortable when I visit Belfast. Um, you know, it's that same, I would say, southern hospitality, but in a normal, a northern climb, which is very different from my uh, hometown of Boston. I'll say that. The hospitality is much, much greater. So anyway, I, I just feel like this is a perfect opportunity, and I'm so grateful for all of you to share, you know, more about Belfast and, and what Belfast and Nashville maybe can do together. Uh, and I'm disappointed that we were unable to uh, visit this summer to celebrate the 25th uh, anniversary of the Belfast-Nashville sister city uh, relationships. I know it, it was one of our, our early relationships, and it's, I think, one of our uh, strongest relationships. So I'm, you're not here to hear from me. We're here to hear from the Lord Mayor. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Mayor Dean, and, and let the program begin. But thank you very much. Great. 
Well, thank you, John, and thank you, uh, Lord Mayor, for uh, agreeing to be with us, and thank you to all your team in Belfast and also in Chicago. Um, you know, my take on Sister Cities has been that it's been a great thing for the city of Nashville. Um, it was something I was active in when I was mayor and have remained uh, very supportive of it. And Belfast stands out as really one of the strongest relationships that we have. I believe it's the first sister city, if not the first, the second. Um, and it is one that there are visits back and forth um, between the two cities um, every year. And obviously uh, this COVID situation has uh, thrown a wrench into to the, to the things right now, but it is a, a very strong and very stable relationship. Um, it was the first sister city that I went to um, after I became mayor and this probably in 07 and had a wonderful time and thought it was a beautiful city with so much to see and so much to do not only within the city of Belfast but surrounding uh, areas around Belfast. So Mr. Lord Mayor I want to start um, basically by first getting to know you a little bit. Um, we had some background information in terms of you've served in other positions in the government but first of all, could you tell us um, what is, what are the responsibilities of, of the Lord Mayor? Uh, how long have you been Lord Mayor? And, and how do you achieve that position? Well, I have been, I, I got involved in politics around about 1995. And at that time, uh, there was a great hype in, in Northern Ireland where there was a lot of talk about um, a peace process. Um, and I had the opportunity for two years um, to be part of that process, which brought about the Good Friday Agreement. During that time, um, I had opportunities to travel to America. And one of my fondest memories was um, attending Harvard University, where I was lectured by Senator Edward Kennedy. And that was a great experience for me as a young man, just getting involved in politics. Um, I, also, uh, I was greatly involved in community politics at the time. I lived in, in a socially deprived area. Um, of the Greater Belfast area um, called the Shankill Road. And I wanted to get involved in, in local politics. So in 1987, I had an opportunity to stand in the local government elections. Um, and you could say the rest is history. I've uh, been here, part of this great institution, Belfast City Council, for almost 24 years now. As you quite rightly said, uh, your colleague said earlier on, I've been um, High Sheriff, Deputy Lord Mayor, um, and I waited a long time, but I finally a month ago got to be Lord Mayor of Belfast, which is, is very proud and I'm very honoured um, to take that role up. So that's basically how I got involved in politics. Obviously, um, it was surreal when I was elected on the 1st of June, um, when I went to my office in the City Hall and looked out the window and there was nobody about. The place was like a ghost town. Um, at that stage, we were just about coming out of some of the lockdowns that had been imposed as a, as a result of the, the COVID-19. Um, people in Belfast and throughout Northern Ireland have been very disciplined through that. Um, and, you know, we're now seeing a bit of life coming back back to the city. Um, I had the opportunity and one of the things that, that I instructed our staff to do for me was to get out into the city and to meet as many people as I could. Um, so I've had the opportunity to do that and to get out to some of our retailers to see the work that they have had to put in place to protect both themselves and, and, and the, the, the people who's going to be shopping in their, their shops. So we're getting a bit of buzz about now, so we are. Um, there's more people about, you know, shops are opening. The hospitality industry um, got to go ahead to open with restrictions last week. So we're hopeful that things are going to come back to normal. Um, um, and the city of Belfast. What are what are the um, responsibilities of, of the Lord Mayor? What, what well, my, my main job is to preside over the council meetings. Um, at the minute, that has been very difficult because I have held two council meetings and it's been done through Zoom. Um, so you're trying to, to keep on top of 60 odd councillors who are all leaving messages at the side of a large screen. They want to come in and contribute to the debates. So that has all been new for us here um, in Belfast. Um, but I think I've coped very well. Um, 
my other job is to promote and to raise the awareness um, and objectives and priorities um, and issues that affect the city of Belfast um, and encourage and support um, all as aspects of the life here in the city. It's a very diverse city now, so it is. Um, Belfast um, is buzzing, so it is. A few months ago, you know, it was a great place to, to visit. You know, the, there was cruise ships on a regular basis coming in, and part of the, the job as Lord Mayor was to greet the people um, coming to visit the city of Belfast. And also an important role, a very important role, is to receive distinguished visitors from other cities throughout the world. Good. And um, I have to ask you, um, I'm sure people are have noticed you have uh, something around your neck. And, yeah. and what, what is that? And, and what, how, where, how does it fit into your, your work? Well, this is my chain of office. So if I'm going out on any official duties, um, this is the chain that I have to, to wear. There's over a kilo and a half of gold in it. Um, yeah. So it's very heavy. So it does. And um, all these different emblems around it is, is different shields um, for counties and um, throughout the Northern Ireland. So there's a lot of history in it. Um, I'm actually given a brochure when I, when I come in the office and I'm supposed to read up on it, but I could, all I can tell you at the minute, it's very heavy. Um, it's well received when, when I don't walk about the city centre. You know, as soon as people see the chain, they know it's the Lord Mayor of Belfast. So um, I'm very honoured to, to, to have it around my neck and I thought it was important to put it on today to let you see it. Yes, so I'm glad you did. Um, and, and you're addressed as Lord Mayor, this is the title. Yep, Lord Mayor of Belfast, yep. Good. And can you tell us a little bit about Belfast? What's the population? What is the, what is the economy based on there? Um, yeah, well, well Belfast, um, Northern Ireland has around about 1.8 million um, people living on it. Um, almost 650,000 of those people live in and around the greater Belfast area. You know, the city was um, founded on the, the famous Harlem Wolf shipyard um, and is well-renowned and, and famous for, for building the, the Titanic. Um, it's also famous for rope works and for the linen industry. Um, and the Irish linen is, is well received throughout the world. Um, it was a massive industry here that helped the foundations of Northern Ireland. Uh, and more recent times, you know, our focus now is, is on the high-tech industries, um, cyber security, um, and our film industry has taken off. Um, as you all know, the, the locations over here was used and, and they were filmed for the Game of Thrones. And that has brought major investment into Northern Ireland as a whole, um, with people wanting to come and see those famous locations that, that appeared, um, you know, in the Game of Thrones. FinTech um, and advanced manufacturing, you know, it's, it's one of the, the, the areas that we are looking at as well. You know, we, we have also, um, throughout the world, you know, the famous people that have came from, from Belfast, Northern Ireland, the likes of Fawn Morrison, the singer, um, Kenneth Branagh, who's an actor, James Galway, the musician, um, C.S. Lewis, the writer, Ruby Murray, um, Thomas Andrews, who was a shipbuilder, involved in the building of the Titanic. Um, and of course, our famous George Best, um, one of the world's best um, footballers. So Northern Ireland and Belfast has a, has a lot to, to, you know, has a big, big story to tell. And then there, there's one thing about it, you know, anybody who comes here will always tell you that they get a great welcome, a great hospitality. Um, and that's the memories that we want people to take away from this great city. Right, very, very, very friendly city. Um, and I always heard when I was there, uh, the Titanic Museum had not opened yet. They were working on it. And that is, um, I'm sure, is a major draw for tourists. I mean, everybody's fascinated by the Titanic. But I had several people tell me when they mentioned that the Titanic had been built in uh, Belfast, that it left Belfast in, in good shape, that it was, uh, it was fine when it left. And uh, what <laughs> happened later, you know, what, what, um, <laughs> You've mentioned the, the lockdown. Um, when, did, when did the pandemic hit the Belfast area? It was around about the end of March, um, the beginning of April. And that's when the lockdown began and the restrictions were put in place. Um, and it was hard to get used to at the beginning. Um, 
because it's a city that's renowned for going out and enjoying itself, and it just couldn't get adopted that everywhere was closing. Only the the the, the bare necessity shops and, and things where people had to go and buy food. Um, so it was very difficult, but what I can't tell you is the people of the city of Belfast and throughout Northern Ireland were very disciplined. Um, and I think that that reflects uh, the beginning of, um, of this pandemic that we're, we're suggesting that there, there could be in the thousands and thousands of people that, that lost their lives here in Northern Ireland. And I think um, the, the last account was it was around about just over 500 people sadly has lost their lives. Um, so that's, I believe, down to a result of, of, of people abiding by the rules and regulations that were set out um, by the government and, and the great discipline that they had and seeing that out. Good, good. And um, right now you're, 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 you're emerging from the lockdown and things are going well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Belfast City Council has played a, a major role you know, it was important that we kept the, the, the essential services up and running, the likes of the cleansing and, and road sweeping and uh, lifting people's bins and whatever. Um, so they kept, kept on the whole way through it. So it was very good that they were able to do that. Um, as I said earlier, um, the first opportunity I was able to get, I went out and, and spoke to some of the, the retailers in the city of Belfast um, and thanked them for all the work that they'd done throughout the pandemic and, and trying to to stay open and keep safe and again it's great to see the the city coming back to life you know Belfast three four months ago it was a fantastic city where you could have came and it was absolutely buzzing you've seen tourist buses um we've seen and the you know the, the cruise ships coming in and tourists coming to the city hall and visiting all the, the iconic places in the city of Belfast and further afield and not just stop and, and it's going to take an awful long time for us to get back um, to a wee bit of normality again, but at least we see a, a bit of activity on the streets of the city of Belfast, and it's given us a bit of heart now, so it is. Well, let me ask, I think maybe, uh, John Greer, this would be a good question for you. Um, I think there had been plans for um, a Belfast visit to Nashville in March, which is a traditional time for you all to come over. We have a big St. Patrick celebration, which we do with our sister city. Um, and then in August, and those had to be canceled because of the pandemic. Um, what were the aims of those trips and what are people's thoughts about how you keep the sister city relationship moving forward when you can't see each other in person? Thank you, Mayor. Yeah, we, we had two trips planned, uh, one, in, one in March for the, uh, for the Ireland Festival and a, and a second in August. Um, to, to visit a large legal technology conference. And I, I think they provide um, a good example of the depth of the sister city relationship, um, a relationship that spans the cultural ties between our two great cities, but also is, is looking to build the economic bridges um, to, between our two great cities. Um, you know, we're, we, are, we are interested in learning from uh, Nashville's experiences, um, understanding Nashville's great culture and of course understanding how um, that culture has been influenced by uh, the Northern Ireland diaspora and particularly the Belfast diaspora. Um, on the economic side we see a great amount of complementary industries, um, legal technology uh, being one, cybersecurity being another and of course um, the burgeoning sectors around artificial intelligence and so on that are that are so present um, already in Nashville. Uh, and what we were hoping to do in both visits was explore ways that um, Nashville companies could, uh, could uh, investigate business opportunities in Belfast and Northern Ireland. And of course, Northern Ireland companies could be introduced to Nashville companies, explore uh, trade opportunities with those companies. And, and of course, if either of those um, companies, Northern Ireland companies or Nashville companies, um, were interested in investing, um, obviously our partners invest Northern Ireland would play a very vital role in that. Good, good. And John in Nashville, um, John, what, what's the best way for um, people who are interested or businesses that are Nashville based that want to seek opportunities in Northern Ireland and, and Belfast? 
what are the best ways? Um, well, I, I think the best ways really are once they now now they've been introduced to both John Greer at, at, at Belfast Economic Development and Anya at Invest Northern Ireland, those would be, in my opinion, the, the places that I would contact because I think they can help them um, really understand the true extent of the opportunities, what resources are available for them in terms of like, like we have certain incentives and you know things like that. Um, it's also they can reach out to me and I can help them get in contact. Um, also, the UK uh, Department of International Trade is also a resource. But if they are really looking at Northern Ireland, then I would focus on um, both uh, Invest Northern Ireland and uh, the Belfast Economic uh, Development uh, Group, because, of course, they'll be the ones with the most relevant and up to date information and can really get them get a lot of information, much like we would, for example, if you're interested in Nashville, I would say, well, you have the Nashville you know, Economic Development or even our state of Tennessee uh, Economic Development that has that information. Yeah, and so you serve as honorary counsel for uh, Britain and Northern Ireland. Um, how did you get, get that position and, and what, what, did <laughs> your, what, what do you do? Sure, sure. So it's interesting. So as you know, I chair our global business team and, and, and my father has been in global businesses, you know, for most of my life. And it, and it really exposed me to just the wonders of the world in the sense of all these people from different countries who come through our house as a kid. And so this is something I've always wanted to do. And so any, when I took on this role, I'm always a big believer and let's put more in the pot than we take out. So I want, I realize that we all have limited resources. So how can we all help each other promote this greater good of, of trade and investment? And so I, um, when the new consul general uh, came in for the UK, this is now, oh man, maybe eight years ago, um, I reached out, we met, and I offered to help in any way that I could. And so we hosted pop-up consulates for them. We've hosted other events uh, for the UK government. Uh, I've helped people here reach out. And so at some point, they, the UK government decided to kind of change the role of the honorary consul. They used to serve more in the role of, you know, passports, visas, you know, more the, the, cons the, the consular functions. Um, than say the trade and investment functions. But when they decided to change, they reached out and, and I just thought we were gonna have a lunch just to kind of get caught up. And they asked me if I would serve in this role and I had to remind them, you know, I am Italian, I mean, Scana Pieco. Um, and they said that they would overlook that um, and, uh, and, and let me in. Um, but uh, in any event, so that's how I really got the job, but it, it's just more from just that, you know, working with them over those years and really trying to promote better relationships between Tennessee and the UK. And then in my role, what I try to do the most is to help businesses really understand there are opportunities in the UK um, and what those opportunities are. And again, I, as much as I love London, there are so many other wonderful cities within the UK to explore uh, for investment or even trade. You know, um, and, and legal technology, for example, I know a lot of law firms, US law firms, for example, have based um, a lot of their administrative functions in um, and research functions in, say, Belfast. Um, I know digital reasoning, for example, which is literally a mile and a half from my home where I'm speaking right now, have a big presence in London, but they recently announced an expansion in Belfast. So they're in artificial intelligence, fintech. They do a lot of other, you know, other, they're into uh, uh, medtech as well. And so they've relocated. So I try to really help promote those opportunities. Um, and bring folks, say, from Nashville to, or Tennessee to, uh, to the UK and then vice versa. And I'll help the Consul General meet different people within our region so they have a better understanding of the opportunities that are really here. Because again, most people, we all fight this and they Nashville, Music City, but think about it. Nashville is so much more you know, than, than just music. All right. Uh, Anya, do you have anything to, you want to add? You're here in the United States, in Chicago, and you're doing economic development work for, for Belfast? That's right. So I work with Invest Northern Ireland, which is the economic development agency for all of Northern Ireland. But obviously, Belfast is a very important part of that, given that it's our, it's our largest city. I have the very fortunate pleasure of being based here in the US. I'm in Chicago. But I spent a lot of time in Nashville. Indeed, I'm probably visiting there anywhere between six to maybe eight times a year. 
and have worked very closely with the Chamber of Commerce, the Nashville Technology Council, uh, the Technology Council, the Healthcare Council, and have met many influencers and stakeholders in Nashville that have been really helpful and instrumental in both driving investment into Northern Ireland, but also working with Northern Ireland companies that are looking for opportunities to either partner with companies in Nashville or open up their own markets into the Tennessee and Nashville area as well. And we've been very successful of driving that business both ways. Good. And let me ask this question really to any of our Belfast guests or, or John here in, in Nashville. Um, we obviously have read a lot about Brexit and, um, and could you talk a little bit about what Brexit means for Northern Ireland, what it means for investment, um, and, and where things stand right now? Uh, Mayor, I'm happy to, to, to answer that question. Uh, <clears throat> so um, in, terms of, in, in terms of Brexit, um, I guess it's like any uh, large change to a market environment. Um, and undoubtedly, um, there may be some challenges um, with regard to Brexit. Um, but there are potential opportunities, and some of those potential opportunities were referenced earlier in the call um, when we uh, it was referenced the trade agreement between the US and, and the UK, which we uh, certainly hope to see coming forward. Um, in terms of investment, and Anya will speak to this, I'm sure, um, Northern Ireland and Belfast has not seen um, a significant reduction in investment, um, uh, both in terms of foreign direct investment and also in terms of capital investment um, in many of its large-scale development projects um, has a result of Brexit. Now, of course, we keep that under um, uh, uh, close watch for fear that that may change. Um, but to date, we have still been very successful in attracting capital into Belfast and Northern Ireland and still very successful in attracting companies to invest in, in Belfast and, and Northern Ireland. I mean, just to, to, to reference that, um, Northern Ireland is, is recognized as um, the most attractive location for US-owned cybersecurity companies to invest. It is recognized as the top location for financial services development investments um, from the United States. And uh, I would invite Anya to come in here. Um, only in recent weeks, we have seen two recent investments um, into Northern Ireland. Um, I believe both were in Belfast. Um, and I think that speaks to um, the attractiveness of Belfast and Northern Ireland as an investment location and the resilience of Belfast and Northern Ireland has an investment location. And, and we certainly are, are optimistic that those market conditions uh, should prevail through the challenges that might come as a result of Brexit and also the challenges that, that will come as we emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you. Uh, John here in Nashville, you have some questions uh, regarding the economics. Sure. Yes. Uh, Lord Mayor, uh, this is a, maybe a question for you or really for, for maybe even John as well. Um, we are really struggling here in the United States trying to balance the economic interests with, say, the health and safety interests. How, how did Belfast kind of handle that? Because I think everyone's struggling with that, but it seems like you've done a really good job um, where you were able to tamp down the, the, the spread, but at the same time now your retailers are, and, and businesses are emerging. How did you balance that? Well, look, um, I'll answer it and then I'll, I'll pass it on to John. You know, speaking from experience and living in Belfast, you know, I seen um, a great coming together of our communities. Um, you know, they were very, very disciplined. They took on board the seriousness of this pandemic. Um, and, you know, it, it hurt a lot of people. Um, there was a lot of people who didn't see families for months now. Um, and life was just brought to a standstill. Um, but the people in, in, in Belfast have come through a lot over the years, and, and this was just another part of their journey. Um, and I think the discipline part of it um, was, you can actually see the result now of, of the way that we're able to bring down some of the lockdowns that was enforced on us, and we've seen the city up and running again. 
And as I said at the beginning of, of my presentation, one of the, the first jobs that I wanted to do as Lord Mayor of the Belf Belfast is to get out and to walk about the city of Belfast um, and to meet as many people as I could and to go into some of the retailers. And I was very, very encouraged that, at the work that had been put in to, to the retailers, um, to their shops, and to local businesses, to restaurants, and to put measures in place and to make sure that both the customers um, and the people who work on those the, those premises um, are kept safe. Yeah, and and I would echo what what our Lord Mayor has said that that we were we were both agile in, in how we entered lockdown and and how quickly uh, the business community adapted to to that lockdown. And I think as well we've got to give credit as the Lord Mayor's done to the agility and adaptability of um, Belfast's residents in terms of how they dealt with lockdown and how they they adhered to lockdown, which is is probably why we find ourselves in what I would suggest is a, a is a relatively enviable position um, uh, as we come out of of the global pandemic. And and to the Lord Mayor, um, as he walked around Belfast, we have been extremely agile in terms of the retail and hospitality businesses, how they have been able to open up um, and. And, and work within the boundaries of social distancing. Um, other businesses and US businesses such as Allstate and, and Citigroup are, are, are bringing their staff back in a measured and considered way. But I think more importantly, um, when lockdown happened, we're able to take thousands of staff and essentially turn their business completely virtual in the space of 24 hours. And what we've heard from businesses such as Allstate um, and PwC and Citigroup is that in doing so, there has been absolutely no reduction in the productivity um, measures that they use. Um, and that in fact, within their own um, internal networks and own internal measures, their Northern Ireland operations have been some of the most productive operations within their, their international network. And, and again, I think that is that, that presents evidence of Belfast and Northern Ireland's resilience, um, its attitude. And I think that provides an opportunity because one of the things that, that we're hearing from businesses as they emerge from the global pandemic, global businesses is that they are thinking about risk-based supply chains where they are considering is their supply chain resilient to global pandemics and, and, and are they is their risk centered perhaps in a particular geography and we believe Northern Ireland could provide an opportunity for those businesses who haven't already to diversify their supply chains and place operations in Northern Ireland and Belfast. Can I just come back? And, and, do, and do, you attribute, do you attribute that, that I'll say resiliency and that uh, discipline to just uh, maybe the, the the culture of Northern Ireland, or was the government there, maybe with some regulation and other support? I mean, w where does that come from? Because I think that's something that's lacking here in the United States. I, I think I think I think it's a mixture of both. I think um, I, I think has the Lord Mayor referenced um, uh, Northern Ireland has has always had a, an element of resilience in its in its attitude. Um, you know, I, I, I do think uh, an element of, of good humor always pays dividends when you're, when you're facing a crisis, um, and we've always been flexible. Uh, I also think that the, the, the government um, took a, a very prudent and uh, consultative approach um, to lockdown, and that has continued throughout, and there has been an element of, of uh, complete transparency between, um, you know, community, Government and, and business, um, and that has served as well. There was there was no boundaries um, here when, when COVID nineteen um, basically hit Northern Ireland and Belfast, um, and I seen a coming together of our communities. Um, you know, there was no peace walls. Those peace walls for for a time came down, um, and the communities started working together to make sure that the most vulnerable people within our society was looked after. And some of these people stepped up to the mark and put their own lives at risk to make, to make sure that, that, that the people who needed most um, were looked after. Um, and that was something that I hadn't seen in Northern Ireland in a long time. And I hope 
as we come out of this pandemic, that that, that whole attitude remains. I think that's great. I congratulate you on your success, and I obviously wish you continued success with, you know, dealing with these uh, very challenging uh, times. Anya, if I could ask you a question, um, you know, we we've got now the negotiate. You know, Brexit has occurred, um, and now the UK and the EU are negotiating uh, the terms of a trade uh, arrangement. Um, what uh, do you believe a a, a deal is likely? Uh, with respect to the Irish border, I know that's a big issue of concern. And what do you think is the potential uh, impact if no deal is, is, is really reached? Well, I certainly hold optimism, John, that a deal will be reached. Uh, we have six months left for negotiations to continue. As you know, the UK just rejected that they did not want any extension to those negotiations. So by the end of this year, uh, hopefully, all being well, we'll have a deal in place. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done. There are no more formal meetings until September, I believe, but there's lots of work going on in the background, um, implementing different aspects of the withdrawal agreement. However, in the event of a no deal, as you know, we will revert to World Trade Organization's terms or tariffs and quotas on any goods coming from the EU into the UK and vice versa. But we do have the Northern Ireland Protocol um, in place as well which really aims to avoid any kind of hard border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of uh, Ireland in the event of a no deal. So that really protects the common travel area between the UK, the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland for British and Irish citizens. And it also means that Northern Ireland will still remain in a UK customs territory, but also will follow EU customs code. So that will allow trade between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland without any tariffs. And it will also mean that Northern Ireland will have to stick to some specific EU rules on regulations of goods, state aid, um, agricultural and environmental regulations. So there is a, a protection, I suppose, in place there in the event that a no deal actually happens. But back to what John had said, we have seen very little impact so far in any of these you know, Brexit negotiations so far. And in fact, our foreign direct investment has really picked up. I think Northern Ireland has really been put to the forefront um, of the stage with these Brexit negotiations. So people are a lot more aware of what Northern Ireland has to offer, what that proposition looks like, who is there and why companies would set up there in the first place. And in fact, even throughout the pandemic, as, as John alluded to as well, we have continued to bring in investment from US, UK and other international companies and we're really um, pleased to say that we'll have you know fingers crossed much more good news to announce over the coming months so hopefully we will cont continue business as normal the, the Northern Ireland protocol will be implemented in the event of a no deal and that really should protect um, our economy and, and make sure that we can continue to work on the success that we've had. Thank you. Uh, now, if, if I'm a Tennessee company, for example, interested in um, maybe investing in Northern Ireland, right now uh, we are precluded from traveling. Um, so how would, I, how would I go about maybe looking at potential sites or locations? Is there like a virtual option or how are you handling uh, yeah. this in this new COVID era? Yeah, so typically uh, in normal circumstances, we welcome with open arms any Nashville or Tennessee company to come and visit Belfast and Northern Ireland if they're considering that location as somewhere to set up operations. And it's something that we're very, very proud of. We work very closely with Belfast City Council in making sure that any potential investor is welcomed and really gets to know the city and Northern Ireland really well. Obviously, we can't do that right now. Uh, so what we have done is implemented virtual visits. So we really want to make sure that our international investors, prospective investors, still get that user experience of what it might be like to be in Belfast, be in Northern Ireland, and get a sense of what it might be like to set up operations there. So we have partnered with the universities, with other companies, other international companies that have set up in Northern Ireland, 
with properties, a, a shared space, any existing properties that are available to rent out there. Mm -hmm. They've pulled all of that together so that a company can actually walk in the footsteps, the virtual footsteps, as if they were actually in Northern Ireland or in Belfast experiencing that for themselves. That's great. I'm glad you're doing that because I know I'm actually working with a UK company on this end, and that's how we're going about the process here. And I, I wanted to make sure there was still that, that process. And John, uh, for you, you know, the US and the UK are currently negotiating the terms of a, of a free trade uh, agreement. How do you think such a deal uh, will impact uh, Belfast? And how, can, how is Belfast maybe planning to take advantage of such a deal? I know it's early. We don't know the, the, the details, obviously. But how is Belfast take, getting ready to take advantage of that? Well, I, I, I think we're, we're planning for that um, as, as, we've, as we've planned all along, that, that, that Belfast is, is very much open for business and, and, and open for for uh, investment, um, you know, we were planning to, to visit uh, Nashville, as I said, in March and August. Um, we would hope to to do that in some virtual way um, later in the summer, and we're in conversations um, to do just that. We have a range of activities which are directed towards attracting both capital investors to the city and foreign direct investment to the city. And, and as Anya has done and as Invest Northern Ireland have done, where they're pivoting that to, to take it virtually, um, we, we are doing that as well um, so that we continue to market Belfast on a global stage as an, inter an international investment location. Now, of course, we need to do a little bit of, of intelligence gathering to, to understand what the risk profile looks like for international investment in the future. And I think just now it's it's probably a little early to to get some robust data um, around that, but that that work will take place and and will further educate um, our approach. But uh, we remain very optimistic, as I've said, that that Belfast's offering in in whatever risk profile, given its resilient uh, uh, nature, given its advanced infrastructure, and, and given the presence of an international business and investment community already. That, that Belfast and, and Northern Ireland will remain a, a very attractive um, investment location. We are sorry, of course, that we can't treat any potential investors to the real Belfast and Northern Ireland experience and, and treat them to, to some of our renowned hospitality. Um, and of course, we look forward to the day when we can do that. Um, and some of that is for selfish reasons, of course. Well, and, and and well, and I have to say, for those of you who have never been, you really need to go. It's uh, I, it is reminds me so much of Nashville in terms of that hospitality. Uh, and Mayor Dean, you you really did miss out. That Titanic Museum uh, is fantastic. Uh, I learned I, much more than I ever thought about the Titanic. It, it it was great. Well, thank you very much. But before I I turn it over to Pat for questions from our audience, um, is it possible for Anya and and John for you both maybe to share with Pat? Uh, contact information so folks who may be interested in reaching out um, have the uh, have the ability to to do so and, and know where and how uh, to to reach both of you because I think you both would be you know excellent resources for folks who are interested in learning more and maybe exploring more in more detail opportunities. So thank you both, very, uh, all of you, and Lord Mayor, you too as well. Thank you very much uh, for participating today. I, I I thought it was very uh, very helpful. Uh, for our community to learn more about what's happening in Belfast and Northern Ireland. So thank you very much. And Pat, I'll turn it over to you because, um, you know, I'm Italian, so I will talk forever. So I'll, I'll turn it over to you for some questions. <laughs> we, we notice with the hand movements. <clears throat> I know. I can't help it. I've been quarantined for so long. So, you know, and I, I will collect everyone's uh, contact information and anybody in the audience or viewing this uh, in, in the recording. Uh, just uh, send me an email at info at tnwac.org. I'll be happy to make the, the connection. Uh, Mayor Dean, uh, no questions in the queue. I think on the Nashville side, it might be too early in the morning for people to get uh, uh, too energized, but we had a, a really good turnout in, uh, in attendees. Um, over to you for any uh, closing comments, and then I'll uh, close the show. Yeah, well, thank you, Pat. And uh, 
first, let me thank all our guests um, for being on the program, and a particular thanks to the to the Lord Mayor. Um, Lord Mayor, have you had a chance to come to Nashville yet? No, I haven't, but I'm looking forward to, to coming over as soon as I can. But, you know, Mardine, we have a very important year coming up next year. Um, it's a centenary of the formation of Northern Ireland. Um, and I would be hoping that yourself and some of your guests would be able to make the journey over to, to, to be involved in the celebrations with us. Yeah, well, I hope I would, I would, I would love to, and I hope to, to see you here. Uh, as I said at the beginning, uh, the relationship between Belfast and Nashville is a special one. It is, um, it is of longstanding, it is very healthy, and it is very active. And um, I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, the late Ian Brick, who was from Belfast, who lived in Nashville and was an amazingly successful businessman and doctor um, who helped get the relationship uh, going. Um, but it, it's been an honor to have you here on the program, and um, I thank you, and Pat, you can sign us off. Great. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, and thanks, uh, special thanks to Alderman uh, Frank McCubrey, Lord Mayor of Belfast, to uh, John Greer in Belfast, to uh, Anya Malahan in Chicago, and John Scanapieco here in uh, Nashville. Uh, this was a terrific conversation about our sister cities, and we look forward to having more conversations to expand the bridges that have been built. Also, thanks to Sarah Lingo at Sister Cities of Nashville for helping put this together. On a personal note, let me just uh, mention my thanks to Mr. Steve Thornton. I don't know if any of our Belfast friends know Steve. He's the Director of Hockey Operations at the uh, uh, Stanoline uh, Belfast Giants. Uh, I was in Belfast uh, two years ago for a week and through our Sister City Connections uh, Steve uh, welcomed us to a couple of nights of hockey at the SSE Arena. It was uh, talking about the hospitality. Uh, we were welcomed in, in grand style. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to Belfast, watching some more hockey and, uh, and uh, seeing our friends there. Uh, that's it for today. Uh, please check tnwac.org to become a member or make a gift to the World Affairs Council and check our archive of webinars where this one will be posted at youtube.com slash TNWAC. Uh, have a safe day and uh, that's it from Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you again, bye-bye.